0: See, we did it. We made it through. This is the end of the season where we cover the Wastelands. Uh, My only call to action for you at the start is to please tell your friends about the show. Tweet about us. uh, Write about us on Facebook. All that stuff we want to grow and your word of mouth is really the only way we have to do that. So, uh, thank you to everybody who has and thank you to everybody who will and thank you so much for listening. Now let's Go answer, or more appropriately, ask some riddles. Welcome to Radio Free Midworld, a podcast about the Dark Tower series of books written by Stephen King. My name is Cole Ross, and I am your host, and today I am joined by Autumn Greer. Delighted to be here. And by Patty Smith. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and we're here to conclude our discussion of the wastelands. Here, talking about this final kind of dangling chapter, the uh, the, the the riddles and wasteland, or riddle and wasteland. If I forget how the pluralization goes, um, but yeah, this is going to be kind of a shorter episode, but um, we're going to get our final thoughts in on the wasteland. So I'm happy to have both of you here because I think that you were are the most frequent. Um, kind of co-host for this uh, for this season, so it's going to be good to kind of wrap this up with you.
1: Yeah, that feels right. I feel like we we've this this the Ginger Three, the the, the, <laughs> the trio of redheads has has written a few times yeah. uh, on this show, haven't we? So
0: <laughs> the Ginger Three, <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I couldn't think of a better one. No, no, come back to it.
0: That's perfectly fine. Um, no, we'll, we'll 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 come up with it. We'll just uh, let's we'll, let's keep that one open, and we can come back to it. Yeah. What about the
1: three Albinos?
2: <laughs> this this is like a really solid Quentin Tarantino film. Ooh. Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to have you guys here. Uh why don't we get started with it? Uh last time, uh, when we talked about uh, Bridge and City, the horrors of the City of Lud had kind of taken their toll on our buddies here. Roland, Jake, and Oi just kind of barely escaped from this. Mountain of the Man, the TikTok man, uh this master of the Greys living beneath the city. Um uh, that encounter left TikTok, uh, feeling kind of shitty, uh missing most of his scalp, but he was rescued by a familiar sorcerer calling himself Richard Fannon. Um and they escaped and the cotet has kind of gathered themselves up again at the cradle of Lud, where the artificial intelligence of Blaine the Monorail is toying with them as he counts down toward the utter destruction of the city because guess what Blaine the mono uh not playing with a full deck of cards I believe is one of the one of the euphemisms they bring here <laughs> <laughs> so neither of you were on uh the last episode where we kind of got our first glimpse at Blaine. I want to, you know, kind of rewind a little bit and hear from both of you kind of your first impressions of Blaine as a character. Autumn, I'll lead with you.
2: You know, it's very hard for me going back and reading this and actually reading the in-depth descriptions because it's hard not to picture Blaine when you're first reading through it with this whole, I don't know, metropolis, art deco, um, you know, like a stylized train that you would see maybe in like a old timey train ad, or something like that, but when you actually read the descriptions of him, I was kind of surprised. I mean he's got some pink carpeting, some blue carpeting. he sounds like my grandmother's bathroom in the eighties,
0: like <laughs> a lot of floral like, print,
2: yeah, like but having a pink train and a light blue train, like it just reminds me of that um old pink formica with the glitter in it, like I mean <laughs> I feel like there's something a little bit dated about blaine that that uh, again, kind of rereading it this time kind of kind of added something to it i mean it's a little bit ridiculous um instead of being that like bright chromey train that i would picture it's Mm -hmm. i i I don't know i I really enjoy rereading it this time
0: yeah like this outdated version of sleek and futuristic before (laughs) like so like this came after like the alien version of like the degraded future right you know where everything was all blocky and stuff so this this actually does feel like a little bit out of date where the future would be kind of pretty or sleek or streamlined right Right, exactly. Yeah. Paddy, how about you?
1: Yeah, much, much the same. Like, my initial impressions of him were, like, sort of very, like you say, art deco, smooth and, and <laughs> liney. And then they sort of just start describing it as this big sort of long pink shape, like <laughs> a big, long, thin pink shape. Yeah. Uh, and from that point on, Blaine, in my mind, was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you can't, once you've seen it, you 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 can't shake it. Mm-hmm. It's there, and it's got these little triangular angry eyes at the front <laughs>
0: you know like a like a dick
1: ass like a dick ass yeah
2: yeah I, i'm glad I to
1: you agree i thought that was just me
2: oh no i it really adds a lot more um depth to the the you gotta prime my pump but my pump primes backwards baby <laughs> i mean it, it really Excuse turns me, out... sir yeah, that... <laughs> it really makes that into a sexual euphemism right there huh <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, um you you're absolutely right. I, if you if you were not going to make that comparison, if nobody was going to make that comparison, I I was going to because in turns that is described as being both bullet-shaped and kind of the shape of this beached whale. Um it's a uh, you know kind kind of strange. What we're going to see inside this uh that it is, you know, like Autumn said, this really outdated this really uh kind of lush Uh, presentation that we have but we have to get inside first Uh, and blaine is being very coy with us right now you remember from the last chapter that they're uh, the only way that you can interact with him so far uh, they are kept across the room um, behind this gate they've got this uh, little speaker box and a number pad that counts up to 100 uh, in this diamond Um, and blaine is this crazy ai who is obsessed with puzzles and he presents them with this puzzle that they have to solve before uh he lets them in and gives them any kind of refuge from the poison gas he is about to soak the city with uh and the puzzle is um that they have to prime his pump but his pump primes backward and again i just have to say excuse me sir (laughs) (laughs) How dare you! <laughs> and then so they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to locate uh, where the pump might be. You know, like maybe, maybe as a fuel pump or whatever. Again, we have our buddies Roland and Eddie being very literal, but this uh, causes a little bit of an epiphany for our friend Susanna, uh, who has this reckon on what to do. Um, and I like this a lot.
1: You can see, I kind of she's almost got it. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's almost there. It's like I can feel the answer, but I can't see the answer. Like when you're doing a, a good riddle or a good puzzle, like you, you've kind of almost got it, but you just need that, that the one little sort of snap like. Ah, ah, ah.
0: <laughs> I love the way she describes. She says, I've got the answer, but it's stuck. It's like a chicken bone at the back of my throat. <laughs> she needs to
1: use a Professor Layton hint coin.
0: Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> just, to, just
0: to let it free. I mean, she kind of does. She asks Roland to do his bullet trick. What I
2: what I really liked about Roland with the bullet trick is they note that everybody else there has to look away because they're about to get hypnotized. (laughs) Like they're like, "Uh oh, not not today, Roland, because I have to imagine like if it were me, I I mean, this is why I shouldn't be a gunslinger, but I I'd hypnotize everybody all the time. I'd be like, Autumn doesn't need to do chores when we get to the camp.
0: Autumn is smart. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's well, we're gonna meet kind of the gunslinger equivalent of a Sith later. So, um, yeah, no, but you would definitely be a dark uh, a, a, a dark gunslinger in that case.
2: Let, let's just say I wouldn't be getting any firewood.
0: N- no, no,
2: ever.
0: Yeah, you 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 would always be like, oh, I just I'll, I'll take I'll take the third watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna go get some go get some sleep. Uh, but her purpose and having Roland. Um, hypnotize her is to kind of take her back and help her remember the voice of her father. And she's got this expression. Uh, I think this is the first time that we see this where Roland notes that, Oh, she looks just like she did, uh, at the clearing with the bear. Um, and there's a line here. Ka was a wheel. It's one purpose to turn. And in the end, it always came back to the place where it had started. Um, and so that is going to be, a uh, pretty noteworthy and a theme going forward with the uh, the series it was it was strange to see it pop up this early um but roland hypnotizes her and out comes, i'm i'm calling everybody our old friend i need to find another way to do this but uh, uh deda makes a makes a, uh, an appearance uh for the I first call time her a friend yeah a little bit but she's kind of like a like a like a calmer version of Detta than we met So it's him.
1: like when you're when you're like when you're watching a long form show uh, and the bad guy from season two turns up as a friend in season four. You're like, Oh, it's you. Yeah. Welcome.
0: Yeah, and I, uh, I, I that's
1: I didn't... happening to me. I'm I'm reading One Piece at the moment and Ooh. I'm at a section where they're at a prison and pretty much every enemy in the game is now on the good team. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice.
0: That. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, any of that serialized kind of stuff. Like, hey Piccolo's our buddy now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is one for the Dragon Ball fans in the audience.
2: Got to check that box.
0: <laughs> we already got Star Wars in, so we're almost there. Uh, you're playing bingo. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Autumn.
2: I just love that Detta's really good at math. I love it.
0: It's great because it's set up in Dichotomy. You know, she's talking shit about Odetta, who hated math, and she only got a C with the help of her dad. Um, and she was out there studying poetry, which Detta has absolutely no time for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My favorite too, and actually, maybe you guys could help me with this. When they're talking about the numbers, uh, and she mentions that they're prime numbers, Stephen King writes that she pronounced the word "prime" in a way that almost rhymed with "calm," mm-hmm. and I don't know how to pronounce that. pro
0: yeah, they're prime numbers. Prime numbers, yeah, prom numbers. <laughs> prom, prom, yeah. Uh, that that would be the way that i that i would do it if i was doing that if i was doing that voice but that that comports with what we know about that right she is this cunning very kind of calculating person and i just love the way that they again show this duality um you know even here a book later like with this different competency and different kind of passion like she comes is like okay you dipshits let me explain this to you in the most basic possible terms and instead of just doing it she actually, like, revels in, like, having people cross off the numbers for her.
2: I I have to say as well, having Susanna or Odetta or Detta on my team when it came to taking a college entrance exam like the SAT, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you roll Odetta out for the verbal. You mm-hmm. roll Detta out for the math portion. Yeah. You just need a, num- a number two pencil and a bullet on your desk, and you're ready to
0: <laughs> – <Yep. Yes, laughs> You're
2: you're ready to get into a fine university.
0: You have to hope that uh, they, they, actually,
1: they don't get stuck. They confiscate the bullets at the door. Mm. They they do check <laughs> your bag for bullets. Unfortunately,
0: it's, it's, it's frowned on these days. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 not great. Yeah, but eh, a bullet shaped thing, like a like a a small, a very like a one sixty fourth model of Blaine, I think would probably <laughs> suffice. <laughs> yeah. What's that
1: he's got in his hand? Is it a tiny beached whale? <laughs> no,
0: no. <laughs> What's that tiny dick you're holding? Uh, you're getting sleepy. Please uh, <laughs> describe my sex life. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, Laura is staring uh, at me
1: right now. She has no idea what we were talking about.
0: I yeah, uh, I can't imagine being on the other uh, being being able to only hear one side of this. Uh, so good, good for her. Uh, ex- ex- extend. Place. That's what it must be like. Uh, ex- extend, extend our thanks
1: um <laughs> <laughs> i shall not okay um,
0: but what she does is she explains this kind of uh heuristic uh called the net of aristophanes uh which i had never heard of before i read this but just hey you find the lowest prime and then you cross out any of the uh any of the multipliers any of the you know things that could be divided by that then all of a sudden you're left with just all of the non-prime numbers and so she's going through and giving this lesson while the countdown to doomsday is happening They're like, okay, there you go. She
1: couldn't just do it for them. She had to make them do it for themselves.
0: Right.
2: (laughs) And she also called... It's not like they're
1: in a rush, is it? Yeah. (laughs) It's not like there are 12 (laughs) minutes before everyone's going to die. What
2: does she
0: care? She's going away anyway.
2: And the way she called Blaine that honky computer (laughs) Mm -hmm. really worked for me as well. (laughs) That 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 was a nice moment of comedy right there for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: I, I, mean, I, the, I mean, I mean, think about it. You know, Blaine is a big, long, pink phallic object. Sarah <laughs> hates it.
0: Jeez, uh, yeah, she, uh, but she's got a good read on Blaine because she has an accurate, uh, an accurate impression, and she can say that. You know, from one crazy person to another.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I checked. I did check how many prime numbers there were between one and one hundred. It wasn't nineteen.
0: Okay, thank you. I count it's twenty-six. Nineteen yeah. is one of them. Oh, twenty twenty-six. 26 like the numbers in the alphabet? Hmm. Mm. Alphabet. Mm. How many times do you have to say that in order to get to 19 numbers?
2: It's too it's
1: late sh- for math.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's,
2: it's a shame Detta isn't here because she'd be able to just rattle it off like that. Yeah, I,
0: I'm basically just trying to do the number twenty-three 23s yes, uh, all the way to uh, 19 this time. <laughs> um, there were two books early for that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they're about to input the 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 incorrect combination. And then I forget who it is. Is it is that Eddie who says, "Oh, you have to prime it backwards, no, dipshit." Jake, Jake. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I would... smart little shit. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie's gifted in different ways.
2: I would love to see a Groundhog Day montage of all the ways that the contact could have died. Like mm. you know, like just um. Like, one of those, like, six-second, like, cut things, like, oh, the Shardock the Bear got you. Oh, you put the numbers in, and then the whole world exploded. Like, I'd watch about 20 minutes of all the ways they could have screwed it up to this point.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I just, what I want is the collection of the, like, the last pages of the You Died pages from a Choose Your Own Adventure <laughs> version of the of, of uh, the Dark Tower books.
2: Yeah, like, Roland is allergic to Keflex. Whoops, he's dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. Quest over. <gasps>
1: Yeah. Everyone fell off a bridge at the same time.
0: Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. G- g- gashers slipped. Yeah. <laughs> none of these are none of these are linked to choices. They're just terrible things that happen for no reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um they open up the gate by solving this puzzle and then blaine says all right well you better you better hurry because i'm not stopping just because you saw just because you solved this also there are several gas outlets in this area um so scoot they get inside uh the 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 first car and this is the barony cabin this is this you know very ostentatious opulently furnished um very plush first class kind of cabin Uh, and blaine Uh, being the master host that he is, even prepared an ice sculpture of Roland, accurate down to the missing fingers.
1: Right, so I have have thoughts here. Okay. What the fuck? (laughs) 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 Like, I mean, how... I understand that technology is advanced and he's a magic train with some things it can do. We're we're, we're accepting
0: a couple of premises on the way to this. He must
1: have had that ice ready to go for a while. (laughs) <laughs> and then, I I could believe he'd carve it, but did he have the ice on board ready? Does he have cameras outside? <laughs>
0: How? Why? Uh, See, the, the Internet of Things is a wonderful is a wonderful phenomenon, Patty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, I made a note of this as well because what I was wondering was. Would Blaine have helped them out like if they were like, "Gee, what's a prime number? Oh, I don't know would would little blaine have popped in I mean you've already got that ice sculpture going. you obviously want them to get on you so you can start your death run i mean would he, like little blaine have come out and been like, "Oh gee, maybe you can't divide three by one or two yeah
0: uh, if 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 you're thinking of Blaine as like a good d m like a good dungeon master uh <laughs> then yes he would he would make sure that they failed forward. Right. Yeah, I th- I think that he is he is too vain to let them die, uh before before they give him what he wants. Right.
2: Yeah, he could have changed the password to one two three four. <laughs>
1: yeah. Look, guys, I made this cool thing. I really need you to see it. Stop dicking
2: around in the tavern.
1: Get on with the damn quest. I made you an ice sculpture. It's
0: resplendent. Just
1: walk through the door. Just walk through the door.
2: Yeah. Have you ever seen Edward Scissorhands? It's pretty much like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it'll blow your mind uh but i'm looking at this and i'm thinking hey maybe john farson had a point if this is the first class and like they they just have a machine that makes uh that, that makes gunslinger and uh royalty uh ice sculptures that's that's a kind of a dick move <laughs> right
1: from a dick train
2: oh uh, yeah <laughs> a, a dick train with pale blue opulent carpet
0: Mm. Yeah, it's. Um... Do you
1: think in the other train is pale pink, opulent carpet? Do you think they mirrored them? <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the blues and pinks are switched around. I, I, it's something nice to think about in the quiet times. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, when they when they walk inside, you know, as they see this, they're hearing this voice that sounds very much like a more confident version of Little Blaine. Uh, this is probably what Blaine's voice sounded like before he split. You know, saying, "Oh, watch your step. Welcome to the barony coach. Praise the Imperium." Uh, things like that. The Imperium, I believe, never appeared before this and never appears again. Uh, so I do not know what that is a name for, unfortunately. But uh, Blaine, <laughs> because he has to he has to play up the haunted house effect of the uh, AI gone mad, speeds it up to this high pitched wine and says, well, that's enough of that boring horseshit. Let's look at, let's get the real game started. <laughs>
1: I mean, well done, Blaine. Uh, yeah. That that could have gone for hours, couldn't it? <laughs> <Will> somebody <laughs> turn this off. Yeah, like that. That's Blaine. It, it's Blaine, the DM. Yeah, you know, he's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're done with that. You know, you get the point. Right, moving on. Let's do the fun part. Let's do the fun part. Look yeah. at this ice sculpture.
0: Yeah, look at it. Just, you know, just just break off a couple more of those fingers. Pop them in your drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, l- I would not trust the water and Lud. If I were you, there's a lot of corpses uh, that are being rained on
1: that's uh, true yeah
0: um so blaine uh he operates on the path of the beam and he can take them along the beam as far as topeka uh, blaine is surprised that jake knows this but jake with his interdimensional children's book uh kind of has the playbook for what's going to happen here and basically whenever they question why blaine is going to do anything jake just says plainly blaine's a pain like he'll do it just because he wants to
2: I wrote a thesis on this. I got an A plus <laughs> plus. Yep.
0: Kind of a visionary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. um And just to kind of pull this power move saying like, Hey, look at what's going on as they're leaving the city. Blaine uh, makes the the walls and the floor disappear. Kind of does this weird little active camouflage simulating the appearance of the outside world which freaks everybody out, but Jake, who we've established is not afraid of heights because oh, he's already died to it once, right? Um, and Roland, who is a, you know accustomed to magic, there's this cute little beat, you know, as they are passing through the the city and seeing people bleed from all of the holes in their body, um, where where Oi, um, you know, J- Jake sets Oi down, saying like, "Hey, boy, it's safe." He he steps on Jake's shoes and just oh. like cowers <laughs> there, like like he's a little platform of safety.
1: <laughs> perfectly rational response oh yeah in in it's... the situation of you're flying above a load of people who are dying out of well, yeah blood from every orifice right yeah like it's bad gas and like blaine didn't Blaine establish earlier like it's it's not good death it's pretty painful death guys it's, it's not good right
2: oh what a- fuck
1: you blaine <laughs>
2: What I think is a little bit s- sad about this is it's obvious that Roland's world is a very literal world because if Blaine can control, like, these computer-generated images, obviously memes don't exist in Gilead. Like, this would be the perfect spot for, like, a, like Ted Cruz's The Zodiac Killer mm. or something like that instead of just rushing through the air. I mean, what a shame that memes don't exist in
0: Gilead. Uh, which raises the question, how do we know that any of this is real? That 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 he is not just putting Ooh. together this image to freak them out. Are <laughs> you
2: red pilling me right now? <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> <laughs> very much so. No, no. I just <laughs> the, the 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 thought just occurred to me. Uh, but yes, if Blaine was written today, he would totally be a meme lord. I mean, he's he's, <laughs> he's mentally ill. So.
2: <laughs> well, you were having premarital sex. I studied the train tracks. <laughs>
0: Oh man. <laughs> so Blaine explains their course and you know pops up the route map, the route map. Uh god, I get so self-conscious trying to pronounce that word. Um route, route. Eh. Uh they gr- route. Route, yes, the route map. Um they're going to cover <laughs> about 7,000 miles um and Blaine says, "Oh, it was once much less." Uh but that was before all temporal synapses began to melt down. Uh Suzanne is like, "What does that mean?" and he just moves on. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't provide. Uh, he, he's all heat and no light. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> so when he
1: says temporal synapses, like I read that as he's talking about the world. Yeah. Like it's shorter, but obviously the world's knackered and moving on and spreading out, and everything's much further away than it used to be. Uh, I I read that as him being actually quite quite lucid in that one, going, "Yeah, no, it's it's the temporal synapses, but it's the world's temporal synapses." Ooh,
0: yeah. I, I, You know, I'm actually really, really curious about that, because the way he describes it um, is that, like, oh, it made me think he was just miscalculating how far they would end up going. Like, his own temporal synapse makes it seem like he's going there. But because we know that the beams are technological, you know, if there is something, you know, technological to the way that the world is held together, the temporal synapses in the system would be the thing that would, you know, start stretching space and time as stuff gets, you know, all messed up. Right? Yeah.
2: I really like how shitty Jake is about Blaine too. Like in his head when he's like, "Oh, I guess you don't know some lady wrote a book about you, dumbass." Like, I mean <laughs> Jake is being such a teen, like, yeah. "Whatever, old man." Uh, doesn't
0: seem so smart to Where me. Where you
2: going?
1: T- Topeka, I bet. Ugh. Yeah,
0: big phony. <laughs>
2: uh. Rolling his eyes.
0: <laughs> oh man, Roland Caulfield. Yeah. Uh both <laughs> both Jake <laughs> and Roland are kind of in a in a similar boat uh with uh, with the rea- with their reactions to him uh Susanna and Eddie are kind of meeting Blaine on his own terms <laughs> <laughs> um there's there, there's a little bit of uh kind of metalness to this uh not only in the fact that Blaine has this real devil may care attitude about like oh the tracks may be broken but you know it's more fun this way right like i bl- I, I purposefully blew out my sensors to make sure we wouldn't fly off into the air at 100 miles an hour um you know because you know for, for fun but then we start pa- good
1: i think stephen king missed he missed a step here because now i'm rooting for the train <laughs> <laughs> like, more I'm like,
0: yes yes because... it is <laughs> this Blaine seems like a really cool guy yeah
1: he's gonna go out you know like the, the best way to die which is upside down in a lamborghini on fire oh like, yeah that's how that's how you want to go out oh
0: without a doubt
1: yeah, springing through the pearly capes in a burning upside down fireball. That's that's where you want to go.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it really says a lot about the stakes that they forgot Susanna's wheelchair and nobody cares. They're all like, <laughs> okay, whatever. We just gotta live through this. We'll <laughs> we'll figure something out.
0: They, they they didn't realize it until they were like passing over the wall out of blood. <laughs> um, I, I I love how metal this imagery is for pretty much this entire next section where we're starting to see what's going on beyond lud but like they're approaching the great wall which looks gigantic from inside of lud right and they've Mm -hmm. got uh what appears to be just piles and piles of lud bodies and skeletons that are like crawling up over each other um in order to get to the top of the wall it looks like they tried to burn down the trestle uh that would lead uh blaine out of lud and they break out over it and turns out Lud is at the side of this gigantic cliff. Uh the wall itself, which appeared so big, is actually nothing compared to this sheer massive drop off to this blasted, glassy, knotted plane. Uh that they you know, they say like it just it looks like they it was bombed or hit so hard that it had no choice but to sink thousands and thousands of feet down below.
2: I have to imagine that, I mean, it it was tempting for Stephen King to put in, like, maybe that Planet of the Apes scene with the Statue of Liberty and, like, (laughs) you damn dirty pubes, like, (laughs) (laughs) damn you all to hell, you maniacs, you blew it up.
0: Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it's weird to say that he exercised restraint uh, because he did include like pterodactyls and massive, you know, pink tripod creatures and stuff. Like, it is a real gallery of horrors that they are that they are flying over. You know, like the, the 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 ground has been hit so hard that like the mantle is showing through. You know, Susanna you know calls up imagery from like the Lord of the Rings. Like, this is a real horror show.
1: Yeah, it's really good, well positioned as. Here's somewhere you don't want to be. Don't be here. There's nothing good. Even if you could walk around on the kind of, I I sort of read it's like glass, like a glassy floor that's all been kind of melted and blonked out of proportion. And it's just disgusting. And then there's pterodactyls and large pink tripod creature and things Mm -hmm. that look like humans, but probably aren't.
0: Yeah, they're jumping around too fast that you can't even see them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Bath. (laughs) I mean, at least they're far away, right?
0: Oh, I mean, er, yes, physically. However, Blaine is like, "Hey, let's get a closer view and magnifies all of it, so it looks like all of this, including the volcanoes that are blowing up, is happening right beneath them."
2: Yeah, the the wastelands was designed by David Cronenberg.
0: Yeah, just, <laughs> just a bunch of monsters. Yes, give it to me, please. I want to. Leave. <laughs> this is this is a cool thing you are describing.
2: Yeah, what we didn't pay all this money for Guillermo del Toro to not be able to see it close up? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're going we're going we're going to put all that money on the screen, okay? Yeah. Oh man, it's uh it's it's pretty great and to think 7,000 miles of this. You know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I mean, like the the whole the the, the title of the book, you know, is The Wastelands and mm-hmm. I think up till this point I was assuming that the bit up to the city was the Wastelands, but nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. There was a whole Wastier land. Yeah. Just just round the corner, through yeah. the through the wall that you thought was quite a big wall. Nah, it's bigger <laughs> on the other side. It's it's everything's bigger in the wasteland. The America of Wastelands. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, oh, you know, all those like towns that have been ransacked and burned over and just the uh you know the desolation of this civilization that was once there. Okay, yeah, that could have, that could be the wastelands. No, here's this massive dead city that is full of Mad Max people. No. Um here's this thing that uh you thought was a nuclear war but is actually much, much worse. <laughs>
2: Oh, I,
1: you've got you've got mutants. We've got tripod creatures. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when they when they asked about it, when they asked if it was nuclear war and Blaine is like, no, it's way worse than that. I I, I haven't read the comics, so I don't know what could be worse than that. I,
0: I don't know what he's referring to. Having read the comics, um, it's hard to it's hard to say what it is aside from the maybe this combination of, you know, nuclear war and this, you know, this magic uh that is happening in addition to uh, sabotaging of the uh, the the magic that was holding the world together and replacing it with the uh, the uh, technological beams. I, I think he had the... it with
1: Cronenberg's. I, I think he had it with Cronenberg. <laughs> like it, it's like that Rick and Morty episode where yeah. they Cronenberg the entire planet by accident. Yeah.
2: It's that. <laughs> Either that or the people of Ludd were adamant that they did not believe in climate change. Right?
1: Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Full. You'll anger the internet.
0: Uh, it's hard. It's hard to laugh about that. I know we laugh about a lot. It's it's hard <laughs>
1: laugh, but it's, it's just so hot. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: so hot today.
1: It, it actually is
0: really, really warm. <laughs>
1: it's, it's terrible here as well. Oh geez,
0: um, but yes. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, can you stop showing us this fucking nightmare show?" And like, <laughs> I I love Blaine's response uh, because he's such a hypocrite about this. He says, "Oh, for someone who came to me begging for a ride, you are very rude."
1: <laughs> well i'm mm, i mean say you're hitching a ride and a truck guy picks you up and as you're driving along, he just he just lifts his shirt and just shows you all the pustules and boils on his tail it's like right. can you you're not just wait you're
0: ungrateful sir can you can you close your fly
2: this, this is like i can what see what you're
1: when... your playing the mono <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
2: jeez. it's like making hannibal lecter into robocop yeah like wow well, you were very rude <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> let's learn a little bit more about uh about blaine himself because he is uh by turns this good host right who makes uh who makes you your uh your your ice sculpture complimentary you know just if you're not doing that for any time come, somebody comes over to your house including the electrician you are a bore um it's <laughs> also also like saying like hey I have all of the music in the world from all these dimensions. Do you want to hear the waygog? Cuz I've got the waygog. It's like a bagpipe. No thank you Blaine. Uh do you want to hear some ZZ Top's Tube Snake Boogie? Well, closer to it, but Eddie doesn't have a real taste for that right now, having a, uh, you know, just seen thousands of people die to to you know to Velcro fly.
2: <laughs> I I loved this little like it was brief, but this little waygog sing like all I could think is about Bango Skank and his wailing whalegog or waygog, <laughs> and and then Roland like you know Blaine's sitting there talking, he's like, oh yeah, that's a bagpipe that they play on the upper levels of the tower, and Roland's like, wait, what'd you say? Um, <laughs> like let's get back to my, he's like, what do you mean it's played on the upper levels of the tower? <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, did somebody say tower? It's like when somebody exactly. says uh, propane around Hank Hill, like this his ears yeah. perk up?
2: <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man! um, but there's uh some kind of messed up psychology to blame. last episode I talked about how 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 cool it is that you know he is an a i who is dangerous, but not because he has achieved you know any kind of sentience right like he was built in with that and he functioned with it, but as a result of all of the stuff that is going wrong in the world and the way that the physical rules are breaking down and Just, you know, thousands of years of isolation by this point. Uh, He has gone insane. Um, And he gives, like, many, many reasons about it. Um, Many, many reasons for this. Uh, From I'm bored to I can only conclude that this is a spiritual malaise beyond my ability to repair. Uh, So Blaine is depressed. Which is shitty. And, like, it's a, a strangely human motivation. I know we made a couple of jokes about mental health here but like it's a strangely human motivation the fact that he would jump to that you know like he's a machine who's having this spiritual malaise
2: I imagine that's what my laptop says every time I don't connect to the internet and install updates like it's just <laughs> like when, when, when Windows XP is like wow I have got some spiritual malaise
0: <laughs> Adobe Flash See, has moved on
2: yeah, exactly <laughs> See, I kind of
1: got like a, a slight parallel to, to like GLaDOS from Portal yeah, a little bit here. Uh, when you sort of you learn in the second game that one of the modules that's built in is like, do tests, or or you will feel bad. Mm-hmm. And then the more tests you do, the worse you'll feel when you don't do them. So keep doing tests. Like he wants to do riddles. He wants to, you know, he wants to be interesting. And there's no one there to be interesting with him. And he's yeah. he's just he's bored to tears. <laughs> so you know what? Done. Finished. Yeah. Kill me. And it's like.
0: The the only reason that he didn't end his existence sooner um, was because he heard this rumor about a gunslinger coming out of the east um, or out of the west, rather. Um, and so, like, he figured that okay, this is my chance for a last hurrah.
1: And this is when the the time scale gets weird. It's like
0: who told him? He's got sensors. <laughs> Internet, Internet of Things, man. <laughs>
2: That's true. Is that, there's some refrigerator in Lud that was like, is that a gunslinger? <laughs> beep, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he have been
1: working on the, the ice sculpture for months?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just perfecting it, just scrapping so many of it. Everybody's like, we're so thirsty, we're so hot. Like, no. This goes into the drain, it goes over the cliff.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Camera's in the lobstrosity. It's like, oh, his fingers uh... are going right, start again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we can just remove them. No, we can't.
1: He was holding a gun in that hand. Now that hand is pointless.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's just had lost this purpose. I think there's like a there, there's this kind of for want of a nail kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's it stopped making sense to serve the people of Midworld, and you know, like a thousand years ago, and you know, about fifty years ago, it stopped making sense to even you know make this train run for the people of Lud, and like just everything was lost to despair after David Quick arrived. Uh, we remember David Quick uh, was the harbinger who kind of led to the takeover by the Greys. And he settled into this role of a god because people forgot that he wasn't just the voice of the train. They forgot that he was the voice of the computer and the voice of the city. Like Blaine is not this train. He is, in fact, a pain, but he is kind of the managing, he's the the, the, the AI administrator for the entirety of the city of Ludd and for the past you know 50 or so years he's been in hibernation mode just writing the god drums for the greys
1: he sort of says it on the way that he as as the city computer he's designed to serve the needs of the people and they need him to be a god so he's like cool
2: yep i'll be (laughs) one.
1: yep you've got no riddles for me so i guess this will have to do
0: yeah
2: (laughs) do you guys like velcro fly
0: (laughs) that's all i got um I know it's not all he has. He could have given him. The, he could have given them anything.
2: Yeah, a uh, bango
0: skank and his, his, his yeah wailing wagok. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we learned a little, a little bit about Patricia as well. Again, the train that we saw in the river um, on the way into Lud. Uh, he believes that she killed herself about a month ago, but it was you know long before that. Uh, you know again like, he's this unreliable kind of point of view autumn
2: it, it's just like in westworld these 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 what violent delights have violent ends
0: yeah <laughs> and so uh his violent end was going to be to you know off himself but then hey riddlers are coming along um it's very uh kind of sad how callous he is about what happened with patricia this this kind of note about her um sobbing because she got very lonely after an, electric, an electrical fire kind of cut her off um <laughs> like he but got couldn't t-
1: stop sobbing or something wasn't it
0: right right it's like oh here's this here's this train here's this other voice who does nothing but cry and so he deactivated her controls so she would be able to you know drive off of the dead tracks into the river and like it was either that or just let whatever was wrong with her spread throughout the entire system it's very uh uh, I mean, it's a very dick move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say. Like, I feel bad for Patricia for being city mates with this with this dick.
2: What a shame that they didn't get Patricia instead. She probably would have been like, "Oh, hello, guys!" Like, well, I'm um, so
0: happy to see you.
2: Yeah, like Mrs. Potts and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, like like really competent.
0: <laughs> yep. Just all right. Well, let me let me get warmed up here. Yeah. Um, they get on the
1: train and there's there's a cake in the shape of Roland with a horse.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, delicious. Um, Look,
2: all of, all of his fingers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, let, let me see. There, there there's one line because they ask him like, "Hey, you you know, were you active when we when we showed up?" He's like, "No, I was in sleep mode." Well, why can't you just stay asleep? There's just this one line. He says, "Because there are dreams."
1: That's terrifying it is <laughs> what is an insane computer dream about
0: uh electric sheep oh sorry man oh you can't you can't set it up and not expect me to spike it okay uh, yeah
1: that's fair <laughs> I, can, I got dunked on Yeah. <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> so some, somebody would have somebody would have tweeted and said why didn't you say yeah. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> but no it's like it's it's past it's passed without remark, you know? <laughs> um, and you know, he's even talking about this because like, Oh, you know, just, uh, here's how deranged I am. Uh, fact and superstition. They're kind of one and the same for me now. And he even remarks on that. He's got like this self-awareness. It's very silly that it should be. So not to mention rude, like his own, <laughs> he thinks he thinks his own psychosis is rude because that doesn't make any sense, but he is very much leaning into it. So, um and yeah like like I said this is this is a very quick quick chapter but, but before we get to the uh uh the kind the kind, the kind of uh falling action of this and get to the cliffhanger like what do you guys think of just this characterization of Blaine as you know this kind of eternal thing that is showing the effects of what happens when everything goes sideways like this
1: I kind of like him I mean he is a dick like, that this train is a mean, mean, bad train. But, <laughs> but if I was an AI computer that had been left to just sort of sit by myself, and all my memory banks are sort of failing, and everything in the city is going wrong, I'd probably have gone a bit strange by this point. So I don't think that Blaine is inherently evil. I think that he's just gone absolutely spark crazy, mad, right, and isn't really in control of what he's doing. I think he's just reverting back to just that sort of base need of "Hmm, like riddles. (laughs) Like, I I think that's what he reverts to is, is basically he's lost everything else. He's just got this one thing that he can still comprehend and he can still deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's, he's lost his control. Like there's no people left. Um, And I I love that he speaks in capital letters the entire time. (laughs) Just really, really forceful the whole time. Just loud. Like, that's how I read it. Just like, 18 speakers all around them yelling at him the entire time i i kind of feel a bit sorry for him even though he's a dick
0: yeah
1: i mean well done stephen king you've, you've made me like an insane murder train <laughs> good good job because after charlie the choo-choo i was like yeah trains suck not yeah. not a fan of that train that's an evil looking train and after i saw the picture mm-hmm. on the cover of the charlie the choo-choo physical book that came out i was like right done with this
0: yeah <laughs> i don't trust him i don't that's trust him that's that train
1: bit. <laughs> yep, those those are evil eyes. Whereas there's these eyes, are just I, I'd imagine that his his sort of weird triangular train eyes mm-hmm. are sort of more know, empty. Yeah, there's no malice really left in there. He's just this is all he's got left. That's how I read it, anyway.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, anything human about him is what is, is, is about his appearance is brought to him by the people who look at him, right? Mm. Um, and he's got this just kind of different. This kind of different relationship to cause and purpose than than everybody else does. He's not evil, he's amoral. Um, but he's also completely deranged. Autumn, I want to hear what you have to say.
2: I I think Stephen King does a really good job of making you empathize with some of his worst monsters. Like right. there there's a moment when you read a book like The Shining where you're like, Oh no, that poor hotel forgot about venting that um, you know, like pressure heater. Oh no. <laughs> that poor hotel. That- That tried to murder that family. I hope it doesn't burn down. No, (laughs) I mean, like, same thing with Blaine. You do feel. I mean, being alone for a thousand years, having these these dumbass greys and these dumbass pubes as your only company, you you do feel sorry for him. And one one thing I thought was kind of interesting is nobody on the train seems to be quite as scared of Blaine as I am. And like I'm. (laughs) I'm pressing it. I've read the next couple books. I know what's going down, and I'm still very tense in these scenes. And Jake's making fun of him. Eddie's rolling his eyes and being like, "Oh, your you know um, old movie star shtick is tired." Like all the characters are so condescending about him in their heads. And I mean, he's like this petty tin despot that's like, "Give me my riddles." I mean, it's 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 a very very fascinating scene. It's really punchy for just a few pages. Yeah,
0: it plays out like a negotiation, like where nobody quite realizes how serious he is or what he's capable of. They're they're pissed off at him for appearing to be just full of hot air, right? Because he's got this little tick whenever he talks about them dying, like you know, uh, uh, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile, like talking about them flying off the tracks at eight hundred miles per hour. You're, um, you're right
2: that this is just like speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock.
0: Oh, the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so this negotiation uh, pretty much breaks down at the point where, Ro- where Blaine says, tell me all of your riddles now. Like, you know, give me what I came here for. Um, you know, help make this last hurrah a real hurrah. Uh, and Roland says, no, fuck you. Um, and he proceeds... To just start dressing Blaine down, saying, "Oh, you have all the sense of a of a winter wind howling around in a, in a in a rotten tree stump." Saying, "I would tell you to go fuck your mother," but you have no mother and you have no equipment to do that. Like all of this, just awful, awful stuff. Like even going down to say, uh, uh, not just you've forgotten the face of your father, but he adapts it and says, "You've forgotten the face of the people who made you." Yeah. I mean,
1: if the train really was a meme lord, uh, it, it would be sort of calling this savage
0: right here, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this
1: this I, is like, go on, Roland. Like, <laughs> shoot him with your word bullets.
2: I do wish that maybe Detta had popped up and said, I can't call you a gray meat and tell you to tug on your itty bitty candle because <laughs> she she, she could have popped up in here.
0: Oh, she certainly could have. Like, she could have she really piled on. But it's really a Roland stage, and Jake is just over the moon at this. He's like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's the coolest!" Because um, they're all
1: looking at him, smiling, aren't they? Like Eddie's yeah. got a grin on his face. Suzanne's like <laughs> wide naught, and, and Jake's just adoration, just yeah. like "Go on, <laughs> my son."
0: <laughs> but but the guys like, Roland's really cool. He is very cool. This is he's the, just the, so cool. It's just so cool. Like he he hasn't he hasn't been this cool since uh, since the Gunslinger.
2: Yeah. since <laughs> no. since he lost his fingers.
0: Yeah, uh, R- Roland's got his groove back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, when when someone makes
1: an ice sculpture of you, you, you can't help but feel a little bit of pride. It, right, it does right. it does wonders for the self
0: esteem. No, that goes on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for, for, from from December thirty first to January first was ice sculpture. Yeah, um, but that makes it, that makes me sound like an ice sculpture came alive. anyway um over
1: the new year i was Iceman for a bit yeah yeah
0: and he is a very good x-man so yes yeah yeah (laughs) um blaine is having none of this but uh in 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 the uh kind of offering here it kind of you know comes out that maybe blaine isn't as ready to kill all of them as he as, as he made it sound like right this is a negotiation and again with him being a hypocrite Love this line. You are rude and arrogant. These may seem like interesting traits to you, but they are not to me. Uh, <laughs> t- talking about the train calling the gunslinger pink. Wow. <laughs> yeah, It's, um, yeah.
1: Well, I like the way that they pull apart the, the, the Blaine's whole argument of, uh, I'm going to kill all of us. Give <laughs> me your riddles, please. And they're like, no. Even if we do we're going to kill all of us. Yeah, but reason Why do we have even bother.
0: Like... <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um and Roland's whole mindset about this is that like this is just another shootout, right? You know, they're just we're using bull or we're we're using words instead of bullets, you know, and Eddie you know to back this up says like, "Hey, you know, they don't call him the mad dog of Gilead for nothing."
1: <laughs> I like Blaine's reaction cuz he's all like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah. I just sort of, if he was a human, he'd be sort of stood there like a bit cowed, sort of hunched over, <laughs> shuffling his feet like,
0: what? <laughs> but he's, he's got these sensors, like in the last chapter he was all like, oh, I sense that your heart rate rose this much when you said that, and you had an increase in fricative syllables and things, like no, like here, it, it must be like his reliance on this or his actual hesitation, like he, he's kind of going along with it. <laughs> so...
2: It, it says a lot about gunslingers in this world that Blaine was like, "Well, I was going to kill myself, but then I heard there was a gunslinger." Yeah. And that as soon as Eddie's like, "They called him the Mad Dog of Gilead," uh, Blaine's like, "Really? Wow!" <laughs> you know.
0: He's starstruck. Can you yeah. can you can you can you sign my seat?
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Can you sign the ice sculpture I made of you? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it's like Blaine just met Jason Statham.
0: You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, love, I love that. That's the first name you go to.
2: Don't don't dudes like him? Dudes yeah. like him? I, I mean, Patricia would have probably rather met Oprah or something, you yeah. know.
1: <laughs> Jason Statham is he is a national treasure. Yeah,
0: he he. he uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, and and he is the male equivalent of Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You get a transporter. Sorry, I couldn't come up with a better one. Oh Christ.
2: Hey, it worked. It worked for me.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah. uh, And then Roland in striking this deal, he says, all right, tell you what, instead of us giving you all of our riddles and us all dying anyway, how about we do this? Because back in Gilead, um, we used to have this fair day riddling, you know, Eddie and Susanna, they, they know about this. But let me describe this here. There's a good amount of real estate. (laughs) kind of given over to just saying like, uh, whoever won got to take home the goose. Like there's some description of the, uh, of the, of the events themselves, but really it's just, it's just flavor on Gilead and also gives you that flashback to, uh, to Martin and, uh, Gabrielle Deschain, you know,
2: I I love that whole section because, you know, Martin and Roland's mother dancing and they're twirling and everyone's clapping except the gunslingers mm-hmm. because you have to imagine that gunslingers
0: have a strict bros before hoes policy. Oh, of course. They know what's up. They they, I they, mean, it, they cannot. It's,
2: it's the way of the gun. You're not yeah. going to clap for your, your bros ho <laughs> when she's dancing with an evil wizard.
0: No, they know that Martin's no good. Martin's no good. <laughs> Um, but this, this, you know, tale of civilization's past, like this convinces Blaine and says, all right, I'll tell you what you are. Katet, one for many. So am I whose cotet is the, whose cotet is the stronger is something we must now prove. You're going to tell me every riddle that, you know, if I can't answer one of them, I will let you go. If I answer all of them by the time I get to Topeka, we're done. You know, cast your nets, wanderers. Try with me your questions, and let the contest begin. And that's where this book ends. <sighs> and we Ouch. don't hear anything more until five years later. Um, I believe that Wizarding Glass came out in like nineteen ninety six or ninety seven. Uh, and-
1: so so as a as a relative relative newcomer to the series, you know, I've, I've read these books in the last couple of years. Did either of you guys read them as they were coming out? Like, was this was this shitty to deal with? Because I imagine it it sounds like five year gap is pretty shitty.
2: I, I read up through the wastelands and then I think I probably had to wait maybe two years for. So I didn't have the true experience, but I probably had to wait about two years for book four to come out. I I think the rub with some of this, I mean, they spoil you rotten with some of these young adult trilogies where the book comes out like clockwork every year, year and a half. The problem with some of this and coming back and rereading it now, I I didn't give as much credit to some of the books as maybe they deserved because I was like, I mean, after you wait three years, four years, five years, two years, you're like, anything that you read is going to be a letdown because you've built it up so much in your head.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm.
2: I think the way that you read it, Patty, is the perfect way to do it when you have everything available and you can make some some fair judgments.
0: Yeah, I I am like you, Patty. I read I read these after after at least the first seven books were out, so there yeah. were you know there was no real cliffhanger. It was just load up the next book on Kindle and you're good. Uh, I can imagine <laughs> being very frustrated by this. Um, and King anticipated this. Like he has this afterward that basically says like, "Yep, I'm." Pretty surprised uh, as you are, uh, it reads to me as genuine um, because you know of what I of what I know about the way he writes, you know from on writing and hearing other stuff. Um, and he's got this line saying, you know, I must never, never, uh, nevertheless, insist that I was as surprised by the conclusion of this third volume as some of my readers may be. Yet books which write themselves, as this one did for the most part, must also be allowed to end themselves. So, um. <sighs> It's hard to tell if he was afraid to end this because he couldn't think of a good way for them to get out of it. Um, he he alludes in this afterwards saying, hey, uh, like they're they're going to get out of it. Um, I, I know that. And he talks about how the next book is going to concern itself with Roland's past and tie up uh, the loose ends with Richard Fannin, uh, the sorcerer from the last chapter and, uh, and uh, the TikTok man. All of that, but um, it's basically say, it basically says, "Hey, every time I do this, it gets harder and harder." You know, to go in and get out what I need to get. So it's hard to mm-hmm. figure out why the decision panned out this way, especially when you look at book four, and you know, <laughs> you see that it starts like literally a couple of pages, like it it recreates or just basically reuses the last couple of pages of the wastelands in order to start it up like it is the exact moment where it picks up previously on the dark tower
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly but i i will say the payoff is really good at the end of book four when daenerys flies in on her dragons into Mm -hmm. Ah. mid-world
0: guess what we're another level on the tower too
2: spoilers when i've not watched the series yet christ
1: I, I like to think it's going to sound a bit flippant, but I, I I like to think that maybe King he just didn't have enough good riddles at the time. Oh yeah, like if you're going to do a riddling contest, you want to have at least you know maybe ten bangers, like really <laughs> really good ones. And maybe yeah. he had two, and he's like, well, can't just have you yeah. do two.
2: He's he's like, red touches black. Is that a real? No, damn. Mm. Leaves leaves of three. Nope, that's not a riddle either. <laughs>
0: I am very unclear on what a riddle is. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but but tracking back to what I just said, I just want to say before we finish up, I, I just cannot wait to see Idris Elba ride that dragon into
0: Midworld. No, it's going to be great. That's going to really it's going to really tie everything together. <laughs> oh, that movie's coming out so soon. Um I think as people are listening, that is the next episode to come out. Is the one about the uh, about the movie.
1: Ooh. Oh.
0: We're recording this a little bit i mean we're Ooh. we're early um just because that's how I like to do stuff <laughs> but um but yeah like that's uh like that's gonna be part of the uh part of the inner season part of the between seasons break is uh the episode about that oh. yeah um so final thoughts on the wastelands as a a as, as a whole um here here at this at this point, I want to congratulate you, patty, because you have finished the series right
1: i did, yeah, I finished it like last week. Nice. And what do I do with my life now?
0: <laughs> well, you just uh, you just put it on the back burner, and then you just uh, well, I, break it I out. I finished and every book come-
1: seven. I finished it at work on a lunch break, and I finished it, and I put the book down. And I just sat there quietly for about five minutes, just not quite sure. Do I do I get up now? Do I go on the internet?
0: What do I do? <laughs> with my hands. I don't know what to do with them.
1: I was just empty. My hands and my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and then, then, then... I finally watched the trailer for the Dark Tower film because I've been waiting, because I was worried. Oh nice. In case it spoil it, and now I'm more worried.
0: <laughs> because it doesn't look good?
1: No, it looks really bad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the good news is that you have what, like a thousand pages of insomnia to read for like a couple tie-ins, and then <laughs> eight hundred pages of it to read for a couple tie-ins. Oh,
0: eight hundred pages? Sweet. I'm sorry, fourteen hundred? Oh, is it that big? Ooh. Uh, I think it is a I think it's a 1200-page book. I think the extended edition of the stand is is 1400.
2: Looks like we got a real Blaine on our hands, right? <laughs>
1: Guys, I just want to read a short book. Yeah, no. <laughs> Can I not just read something that's like 150 pages and it's done? I can't do this anymore. The, Where is this?
0: Here here's here's my question for you, Patty. Did you read uh The Wind Through the Keyhole?
1: Uh I have not yet. I couldn't find a copy of it and I I was thought should I wait? No, I have these books here. I'm reading them right now. Yeah, I, yeah, Once I got into it, I, I kind of kicked back off at Wolves of the Caller and then just yeah. basically didn't stop.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say give yourself a break, um, but uh, but went, went Through the kill is a shorter, breezier book. Good. Yeah. I need um, a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um But uh, k- kind of uh, final summations or thoughts on on The Wastelands, Patty?
1: Just a brilliant, brilliant book. I don't think on my first read, I don't think I gave it enough credit um my i think my favorite from the series is wizard and glass and i think the fact that i read that that was my favorite kind of overshadowed the ones before it like oh they were okay but they weren't wizard and glass right um but having you know read through this again and just seeing all the different sort of things that go through it's a really good book for setting up it sort of sets the cartet up for the rest of the series like you, you learn more about them they're together now you know you've you've brought jake in properly it's a real sort of coming together you've got that great moment in the middle where they just Go to a nice town with some people and just have a lovely day. Just have a lovely chat with some nice old people uh, and just bring it down a bit. And then everything from getting to the city of Lud to flying across the wastelands on a mad dick train. <laughs> like, it it doesn't stop. Uh, and it happened again, you know, as I was reading through the chapters for the, uh, for the show, and we sort of get to the end of like, I think we got halfway through Lud when we left Gasher in the sewer. That's where we kind of got to the last point. I'm like, I want to keep reading this again right now. <laughs> yeah. When, when it goes, it goes. Um, I, I just, I, I really like that we take the time. They, they're doing some, you know, some pretty action packed stuff, but we're learning more about the characters and how they interact and sort of the way they are gelling together during the book. So it's, it's kind of an event book, but it's also an interstitial uh, growing book, yeah. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw mine out because you pretty much summed up my thoughts. It's great to see everybody settle into their roles. You know, like they're finding their place on the team, um, you know, showing their different kind of competencies uh, and kind of growing together as a group, discovering what this kind of mystic connection means. Um, and yeah, like it has these incredibly high highs. It's a very diverse book in terms of like... Action set pieces. I mean, the fact that it has th- you know three villains who could be the villains of their own books uh, is <laughs> is kind of ridiculous. In Gasher, TikTok, and Blaine, um, and a giant bear. Oh, of course, yes, <laughs> yeah. So four a giant like, bear. Well, you know, four of these just kind of just te- you know terrible adversaries uh, that they that they have to go through. Like it's it's rich with incident, but it does give plenty of context, you know, for these characters and you know gets you to know them. Um, Autumn, how about you?
2: I think that uh, actually being on the the Slack channel and everything, I'm always fascinated by which books are people's favorites. And I I guess when I take my um, BuzzFeed quiz about which Dark Tower book are you – you know, you you ask the questions, how do you want to get into town on a train, on a mule, Um, in a wheelchair? Like this is <laughs> this is my favorite book. You, you know, like I, I would actually work the BuzzFeed quiz to be like, oh, no, there were definitely a lot of gunslinger burritos. So that's my favorite food. Yeah. Definitely not Aston and Pepsi. <laughs> but I mean, th- this is absolutely my favorite book of the series, which doesn't take anything away from the rest of the series because they're all they're all so different in length, in tone, in pace, and everything. But uh, th- this is this is definitely my my Witch Dark Tower book. Are you um, uh, ideal result that I would share on Facebook?
0: Yeah, man, naming favorites favorites is so hard. Uh, I kind of I kind of envy your ability to just come out and say like, yes, the Wastelands. I love all my childrens, but the wastelands above all. <laughs> I, I don't care for book seven, which is Job. Oh, yeah! Book seven has a lot of Job-like qualities.
2: <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I, I'm sure when you take my quiz, Cole, that I'm, I'm going to make up right now. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure you'll find out the the answers you've been searching for.
0: <laughs> then, you're like you're going to have to make the quiz now, just um, just so, just so <laughs> you know, because you promised it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, if you've been listening since the beginning of the of the show or if you just tuned in to hear about The Wastelands, this cool, cool book that we just talked about. Uh, we're so happy uh, to have you here. Autumn, where can people find you um, on the Internet?
2: Uh, you can find me on the DuckFeed Slack channel in the Radio Free Midworld uh, section. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at at Mrs. Greer. That's at
0: M-I-S-S-U-S Greer. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, Patty, how about you?
1: Uh, You can find me generally on Twitter, uh, at Paddy Stardust. Uh, I also co-host the Twin Humanities Dark Souls podcast, um, and that you can find on at Twin Humanities. Uh, Yeah, find me on Twitter. Say hello.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pro follows both. Uh, And you can find me on Twitter, at Cole Ross, K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S, and on other shows uh, here at DuckFeed.tv. Um, if you want to leave a rating or review for this show, we would greatly appreciate it. Tell your friends, especially as we're getting into this, uh, mid season full of some really popular stuff. Uh, the mist has just gotten that, uh, that weird TV series that I need to go watch. Um, we're going to be talking about these movies that are coming up, the dark tower movie. Want to talk about the it movie and a little bit about the, uh, the mini series as well. Um, and uh, also the stand like there's it's there's some really exciting things happening here uh, over the next couple of months in this protracted break that I've designed to emulate as closely as possible the break between uh <laughs> between the wastelands and wizard and glass. Um, but we're so happy to have you here. Um let me think here what else is there to do uh, if i if I remember anything, I will mention it at the beginning of this episode. Uh, but until next time, um I want to say. Want to wish you long days and pleasant nights.